exactly is this, Parker? Is this the dawning of a new era with Gabriel Moreno coming up? Or sure sounds how would like you describe it. it? Sure sounds like it. It'd be something if they decided oh, not to bring him up, wouldn't it? Oh, that would hurt. We wasted a whole what show yesterday talking about him from start to finish, and we're going to waste half the show today talking about him. It, it's yeah, I, I would think it would. I, I would think it would be. Uh, but didn't your source tell you that it's yes. a, it's a fact, and that source is pretty good? So I'm assuming yes. that he yes. will be here. the The interesting thing for me, anyway, is because I'm, I'm doesn't seem like they've activated him today, right? So if they don't do that, and he and he and he's activated tomorrow, you'd think he's not catching the Gosman start, would you? Well, we were. T- this is the thing I was trying to figure out. Um, you know, keep in mind that a guy can join the team, and he doesn't have to be he doesn't have to be activated yeah. right away. I mentioned this yesterday, and, you know, obviously more will become clear, I would imagine, once he is activated. But I would think that given the fact that Gossman is catching or Gossman is pitching tomorrow and Zach Collins is still here and Zach Collins has caught him, I mean, it depends on how you want to play this with with Alejandro Kirk, uh, obviously. You know, the one thing we know for certain right now is Alejandro Kirk and Alec Manoa are a thing. So everything right now at least kind of kind of kind of spins off that. I, I presume Kirk catches tonight. And you know, I, I I don't know, maybe maybe you work Moreno in on uh Sunday. They're facing a lefty Sunday. They, they are they're facing a lefty Sunday. Strip, stripling's pitching stripling's for, for the Blue Jays, Which would make a lot of sense. So maybe know, he, maybe you work him in and stripling's sure. a pretty Stripling is not working on anything right now. Stripling is in a on a good role. Uh, you know, you're you know you you know what you're going to get from him for the most part. Slow heartbeat's not going to get frustrated. Catcher's right. not called up to what exactly. he wants to do. You know, he's 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 got a good feel for the changeup, good feel for the breaking ball. He's locating the fastball a little bit better. You you don't you don't have to so much throw a pitch to set up another pitch. Mm-hmm. He's in love a lot with the secondary pitches enough that I think the the catcher. And again, this this gets back to my point yesterday. If, if Moreno's as good as everybody says he is, does it really matter? Like no. when he's activated and you think he's ready to go, throw him a lineup. Like they'll make enough adjustments to the big league level. The, the pitchers are smart enough; they have a feel enough for their pitches and know what they want to throw that they can shake off enough. You know the pitch comp thing. I maybe that would be a thing, but if it's a thing, you know what you do with it? You throw it away and you start putting the fingers down to make it a little easier for the kid to at least get used to using the pitch comp when he's not catching in a game. He can do it in bullpens and he can get used to it that way when he's catching other guys' bullpens. Yeah. It'll be easier that way. You know, and everything we've heard about Pitchcom, and we've talked to Danny Jansen about this, it's, I think that given given what catchers already have to do in a game, I'm not certain Pitchcom is as big an issue for the catchers as it is the pitchers. The catchers are pretty good, pretty good at, uh, at, at walking and chewing gum at the same time. I mean, they got a lot going on. If you're mm-hmm. a catcher, you've got a lot going on. So this is just another... Another aspect of the game. Uh, we'll be joined, by the way, by Caleb Joseph at 1030 and talk a little bit about this. Obviously, the Jays and Tigers are opening a three-game series tonight in Detroit. Uh, Gabriel Moreno is going to join the team in Detroit this weekend. No indication as to whether or not he will be activated tonight uh, or tomorrow or Sunday. Again, keep in mind that you can be with the team if you're not activated. It just means you can't be in the dugout or in uniform because technically you're not with the team. I'd be shocked if he's not activated, at least tomorrow. Today today would make sense, I guess. 
trying to just you know get let him get the feel and try his uniform on. Uniforms fit different at the big league level. They do. You can laugh, smile, do whatever you want, but that feel, it's just getting used to everything looks bigger. Ah, you funny laugh. I no, 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 but I'm it's not. A fact. I, it's a fact. No, I just everything looks bigger. Let it let him get used to it and and you know, walk around with his chest poked out, sort of like I did. So everybody that gets called up for the first time, you just it's you it's that you need to take a step back and be like, Man, I found I'm finally here. Even though he's twenty two and he's you put your uniform on the first pup. time. Do you go to the club and go, uh Little, Can you get a longer a little one? Loose. Can I get some longer ones? Because the minor leagues, you know, they, they they try and tell you what to do. It's you know, you know, it's it's uh, grab you by the shirt and say, put your uniform on this way. I used to have a I can't remember the guy's name. That's a shocker. I, there there was a there was a uh, minor league instructor that I had when I was at the Brewers who actually pulled his pants down to show you how to put your uniform on. And I I swear, Jeff, I looked at him and I was a kid. Like I'd just gotten there. I was a rookie. Actually, I'll go back. I need to know this guy's name. I'll go back and find out what his name was. I can just remember first day of my spring training. Very first day. Very first spring training I ever had. This guy came in the middle of a bunch of kids. That's what we were, a bunch of kids, and yanked his pants down to tell us how to put our pants on, our uniform. One leg at a time, right? Yeah, one sock at a time. He actually took his shoes off. Oh, stop. Now, come on. I I swear. And we we were all looking at each other like, is this the way it's going to be all the time? Were you wearing stirrups then? The yeah, stirrup I socks? Bl- well, he okay. was. Okay, oh, he, he was. was. You guys weren't wearing. I don't, the... I don't think we had okay. to. Because now that gets complicated. The stirrups get complicated. Well, it's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable that you have to figure out that thing that goes underneath your foot, and then, and, yeah, and you know where you can put it so it doesn't hurt your 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 feet when you're wearing the spikes and things. So maybe maybe you felt like you had to do it, but. It's, a little overkill at the, at the point, but that's, so that's I get your back point. To, back to the point. It's you know the the uniforms fit different. They're longer. They they fit in, in spots they're supposed to fit. Unlike which is a minor big league deal. uniforms. Absolutely. Well, I went out and bought my uniform. I, I bought a pair of pants and had and went it, it took it to a tailor and had them tailor it to to where they would fit. Because when it, you it, bought sir, a pair of pants, absolutely. You hold it. You were the Brewers' year, top prospect, and you went out and brought. Well, pants. maybe not my first year because I didn't really care. I was just so excited yeah. about being a, a, right. a professional baseball player. But longer in my career, like I, I know with the Reds and in, in, in the minor, their minor leagues, you had to have the half pant. Of you, course, you couldn't have the long pants. You, you want know, to have no, the no, red leg. No facial hair. Right. I think it was a mustache. It's sort of like the Yankees do. Yeah, it's weird. He's wearing the minor leagues. Does it matter? But they they wanted to tell everybody what to do, so he had to have a half a pant. And most of them, they they didn't have it for bigger guys, so you'd have to actually take a longer pant, take it to a tailor, and have them whack that thing in half so it would actually fit. So you're not folding it up to yeah. where it's so uncomfortable and it looks Stupid. atrocious. Well, yeah, it looks awful. So look long, good, long story. Good. Long story. You just can't wait to get the big league. So at least uniform fits. You look good. You play good. Jeff. You do absolutely. And you get your you get to figure out find your way around the clubhouse. Oh, and everything. it's so nice! You're not doubling up lockers unless you go to Chicago. I actually doubled up in Chicago uh, in, a, uh, in a locker. You've been in the old, uh, the old one. The old, oh I know God, it's different. Old, I, haven't, I haven't been the new nah, one. I've been in the old. You've been the new one the too. Old, no, I've been in the old old clubhouse in Chicago. Was I was doubled up? Yeah, I, I that was something else. It's not great. No, it, it was. And then actually, that long dark tunnel you got to walk to the field. Oh God, it's odd. And then you got to go to the right under the right field stadium or the seats to to yeah. to the batting cage, which is which is dirt. It's yeah, dirt. It was, the batting cage dirt. It's not. It's not it great. Was, it was not great. It, it was brutal. I used yeah. to hate. I used. That's why I hate Wrigley Field because it was always raining. It was always wet. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. The atmosphere. You're an old the, romantic, the, though. I am. Um, 
We should also mention A.J. Hinch, the Tigers manager, nice. joins us at 11 o'clock. We're going to reminisce about his days as Kevin Barker's teammate with the Philadelphia He had Phillies. no idea who I was. No idea. I got, I got to AAA late, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that Ryan Howard was playing for I, – I was sort of that guy that was with Ryan to, you know, try and figure out – get him to the big leagues and be that – to show him how to do all that stuff. You were, with. you were the guy that showed him how to put his uniform on. I absolutely. You and, were his and, mentor. And, and it, you know, I got called up like, I don't know, last two or three weeks of, of triple of the season in AAA. And, As a and AJ was there. Not really. It was more of a huh. courtesy. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah, a, a courtesy call up. There's nothing wrong with that. It was. So you were Ryan Howard's mentor. Not really. Well, he did pretty well. So whatever lessons you taught I him. I take all credit for that. Whatever, Absolutely not. Whatever lessons you taught him, he seemed to. Uh, I didn't teach him anything. So we, were, we, were, we were buddies. You know the thing about Ryan Howard I've always remembered? Mm. He was, um, and yes, we will get back to talking about the Jays, don't worry. Uh, he was, when he, broke into the, when he broke into the majors and when he got to arbitration, he wanted to go to every one of his arbitration hearings and he wanted to go year to year to year. Remember how he did that as a thing? He, uh-huh. he wanted to. Because he had so much confidence in his abilities, uh, he wanted a contract year to year to year. I, and I would, would never do that. I just remember he used a 35, 35 bat. A Thir- 35 inch, 35 ounce bat. He's a, a big giant. Man. He's a huge man. He was. Um, all right. So, Gabriel Moreno will join the team tonight or will join the team this weekend. And um, you know, we talked a lot yesterday about sort of what that's going to involve. And, and we'll talk to Caleb about that. But. In the meantime, Kevin Barker, you know what could really help Gabriel Moreno get acclimated to everything is if Flatty Jr. was like went four for four tonight with a couple of bombs, maybe a double. Mm. Uh, he was one for 13 with a home run and uh, I think a couple of walks, a couple of double plays against Kansas City. We've kind of, you know, we've waited for Bo to turn things around. He's done that. Springer has kind of been Springer. Lourdes Guriel Jr. still a work in progress. Teo still a work in progress, but certainly some signs. You know, Espinal, Alejandro Kirk, better than advertised, I think. What do they have to do to get Vladdy going? Hunt a heater. It's real simple for me. When he's great, and most hitters that are great hitters hunt the heater, and when they get it, they don't miss it. That's the one thing for me anyway. I know they've been working on the ball down. Uh, those those are things, you know, there, there's a couple of things that you see that he's doing wrong, at least I do. He's late with his lower half. The little second gather that he has when he, when he starts his first swing, he comes back, he stops it again. It's that little when he stops it and he starts it again, getting his front foot down, and he's trying to play catch-up. When you play catch-up, you leak with your front side, and you start to to not have barrel length, and you see a lot of those where it looks like when he when he makes contact, he's le- he's leaned back, and the barrel length is not in the zone uh, in the zone very long. So it's in and out, and that's why you see the ground balls to uh, third base and shortstop, and and you see him in certain counts like three one counts that he's trying to looks like he's inside out and baseballs to right field. He's not trying to drive them. He's late with something. And for me, what you've seen from day one till. You know, yesterday when or the day before yesterday when he's playing, he's trying to hit something he really doesn't have to try and hit the ball away. Why are you trying to even attack that? Well, I think isn't it? But isn't that part of the whole? That's part of the whole thing with pitching him that way is make him anxious, make him anxious, and 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 it's great to sit here and say take your walk, take your walk. But you know as well as I do, uh, if if Vladdy and and the other thing too, uh, and sometimes I think you know Vladdy's. Remember what everybody says about Vlad? He's like his old man. There isn't a pitch he can't hit. Ball bounces in front of the plate, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes I think, sometimes I think Vladdy, I'm not going to say he gets carried away and believes his own hype because I don't, I don't necessarily think he's wired that way. 
But sometimes I think he does have to realize that I can't do anything with that pitch. That sounds like and it's it, chasing hits. And for, for me, that you're getting a lot of that. I got a lot of that. A lot of hitters who are struggling getting that. He's a different animal when it comes to the talent that he brings. He doesn't when need he's to chase hits is what you're he saying. He absolutely does not do that. But when you're hitting 240 and then, some change, when you're supposed to be hitting 300 and some change, you you start chasing hits and you start trying to do things you're not capable of doing. He's a line-to-line guy with balls in his zone. Not pitchers' pitches. There's a big giant difference when when I'm going to the plate and I'm swinging at three one pitches that are pitchers' pitches that I'm trying to massage a ball to right field just to get a hit that will tell you he's chasing hits. Mm-hmm. And until he gets away from that, you will see more valleys than you will see peaks. And that's a lot for me to say when I came out here at the beginning of the season saying he's the best right-handed hitter in baseball. I said that I will continue to say that because I believe it when. He's getting a good pitch to hit. Good pitches don't mean strikes. That means a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. pitch. And until he lays off that pitch away early in counts, I just don't understand it. Like when you start hearing, and I, you know, I roll my eyes, and 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 when you're when you're seeing and hearing people say that that they're trying to get the ball down for him to to create loft with his swing, really. <laughs> I, it just makes me want to scratch my head. There's there's people that you do that with, and then there's people that you walk up to and go, be you. What are you? You are a guy with a very level swing who hits the ball so hard that it doesn't stay in the park. Yeah. That's who you are. You're not a guy with an uppercut in his swing. You're not a guy that, that creates loft in his swing because a pitcher is trying to get you out down and away. If a pitcher at the big league level can throw you three strikes down and away, you tip your hat, you walk away. I will bet you if he – you chart this throughout an entire game, nine times if not ten times out of ten, they're going to miss and throw you a good pitch to hit. It's that pitch because you're so good and the game plan against you so much and they coming into series, Detroit, even though Detroit's ten games under 500, there's one or two guys in the, in the lineup. George Springer's probably one of them because of who's the manager for Detroit mm-hmm. and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Even though he's struggling, don't let those two guys beat you. And for Vladdy to walk up and expand the way he's expanding, we'll tell you there's a lot going on between the years that probably shouldn't be going on. There's a lot of conversations about do this, do that. And, uh, instead of just going up, be you, big man. Like, try and be on time for velocity. Be that. That will correct that driving the front side down and through the baseball. That will level it out. That will add length to your swing. That will get you to the big finish and try and get your pitch. Simplify that as much as possible. And if he can do that and lay off of all the other stuff, because i got to be honest with you, Detroit's bullpen don't tell you. They're second in baseball in ERA. They get after you. So you better get their rotation. And this just gets back to the point of, you know, these guys that expand and get themselves out a lot. When you're facing teams sort of like this or trying to play catch-up and every single pitch matters the way A.J. is going to treat this, you're going to have to be better at, at zoning up and, and getting your your good pitch to hit. And this is sort of, you know, it just it frustrates me because you watch Vladdy, he's going backwards more than he's going forwards in his season. And I don't understand that. I just, I just, because it's very hard for me to speak on the game plans. I just know what I see and what I see is not a very good game plan. It's a, it's a game plan that lesser hitters take over and over and over again. The great ones, I, you know, Mike Trout's going through a little hiccup. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes through offers. But it's how you handle those and how you come out from them, and you don't let it carry on throughout an entire season. You watch Vladdy get so frustrated in his first at bat over an umpire. Really? I, 
those are the things for me that are very frustrating and and need to be corrected. And they're only they can only be corrected by him. Coach can't walk up and tell him that. A, a, a teammate can't walk up and tell him that. It's up to him because he's an elite hitter. Elite hitters think differently. They act differently. And for me, he needs to start acting elite. Plain and simple. It is now, what, June 10th. And, you know, we've got, we'll do Barker's back leg bits later, but we already have a uh, question from somebody just saying, has it occurred to any of you guys that last year may have been an outlier and maybe the Vladdy we see long-term is something less than what we saw last year? We'll deal with that in Barker's back leg bits. But, uh, you know, I still think that he's an elite hitter. I still think that he's a guy at some point in his career will once again challenge for a triple crown. I just I, I just don't know what we're going to see from him this year. I'm beginning to think you almost, and again, it's only June 10th. But I, I don't know. I've adjusted. I've adjusted my expectations for him this year because you get to a point in the season where it gets hard to, be, to hit 300 when you're when you're playing every day. It, it is. He's still got 13 homers and 31 RBIs. He's got an OPS 800. It's yeah, not it's like not he's like falling he's off horrible. a cliff and he's and he's atrocious. And I got he news have for a people. 600 OPS. I'd be willing to bet he still goes to the All Star game. I'd be willing to bet that the players and the he's coaches. He's pretty popular. I'm, I'd be I'm willing you. to bet he goes to the All Star game. I, I, I'm I'm with you. I, it's again. I, Let's not get crazy when it comes to you, you know what what you saw last year. Now, did the minor league parks help him? Absolutely. Like like going to right field, dead right field, and hitting home runs and creating backspin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, I played in those parks. I know. I I know how the ball flies in those line to line. And mechanically, you don't have to be all the time perfect to be rewarded like you do in big league parks. That's the difference is mechanically in big league parks, when you're going the other way, you almost have to be mechanically perfect with eyes and direct and barrel and lower half and, you know, rotation of the hips and everything getting to your finish has to be almost perfect to go the other way. Why do you think pitchers have made the adjustment to make him, force him to hit the ball to right center field? That that's So that's a big difference for me. But let's not get crazy when it comes to, you know, that Vladdy can't have a a, a – really good season. I mean, what, what's the expectations? Is it what he did last year? He almost hit 50 homers. Yeah. Like it's too much. He, you got, we still got to remember he's 23. Is he 23 or 24? He's a pup still. Like he's still trying to figure out how to make adjustments. And I'll say there's something too. When you rush a guy to the big leagues, which is exactly what they did. And he didn't fail at the, at the, at the minor league level. He's going through how to figure it out. Like, what's the routine? What did I go to when I didn't feel right? What did I go to when I could, when I was having trouble creating backspin to the to to the to the other part of the field? Like, there's all these things that go into it that he's trying to go through now. And I'm still in the camp that he's a really good, if not a great hitter, and he'll figure these things out. But it's just, uh, it's a little puzzling why you see the same over and over and over and over and over again. That that is the one little odd thing of the great ones figure it out quicker than the good ones. See, I I will take one. I take one optimistic thing away from what we've seen from Vladdy so far, and that is the fact that he's playing every day, which I still maintain. You know, we talk about five tools and all that. There is a tool called durability. That's the sixth one. Where you play every day, mm-hmm. and his defensive first base has not suffered. And, and that's, you know, that's why... I don't know. Maybe I. Maybe it's just the way I. Maybe it's because I've covered a lot of young teams, like covering all those young Expos teams and all that. And and you can get carried. I'm not gonna say you get carried away with offense. That sounds stupid. But 
I really do believe that good players, that water finds its level in baseball. Over 162 games, a good hitter is going to have a good year. What I watch for is how does he, how is he in the field when things aren't going well? You know, the old cliche, does he take his at-bats with him into the field? And, and, is, and does he stay healthy? Like, I have enough belief in these guys. that is, and I was saying this about Bo I, and, and Barrios, the same thing. I, these guys are such good athletes. As long as they are going out every fifth day, mm-hmm. in Barrios's case, or every day in Bo's case, they are going to be fine because they will figure it out. Elite I, athletes will figure it out. And, and that's where I am with Vladdy as well. I still do think the, the, the facing the, the Yankees bullpen early in the season the way they did, as much as they did, all the right-handed power arms sinking, sliding away. You don't have your best mechanics early, and the entire team offensively was all struggling at the same time. And what do you do? You throw the spotlight at the best hitter on the team, expecting him to get you out of it and carry the team while everybody else can Can, figure it out. Maybe that's not realistic. Can like one series actually throw you in a funk? Absolutely. Well, it's it's almost like why a lot of the times if you face a knuckleball, a manager doesn't want to put his best hitters against that guy because it can throw them off mess them up mechanically, mess them up mentally. Now they're out in front, they're out and around, they cast now with their with their hands because of something that they don't see all the time. It can absolutely do that, and now you're playing catch-up. And what you do, Jeff, is you you start to think that what I'm working on, and because I'm expanding, that messes up my mechanics, that it's not working on what I'm working on off the field. And now I think because it's not working between the lines, i got to figure it out and do something different. And now you're always playing catch-up with – mindset, mechanics, when basically all it comes down to at this level, especially guys who have elite talent that Vladdy has, what you're swinging at and what you probably most important don't swing at. Like if he just had better, why has Bo gotten hot? There's a prime example because he's not chasing as much. It's not expanding. He do, how many, when's the last time you saw Bo take a big daddy hack, helmet fell off? It's been a, it's been a, been a long time because he's swinging at a good pitch and he can do damage with that pitch because mechanically he's sound, he's balanced, he's not falling across the plate like he does when he takes the big daddy hat because he, he's Bo, he'll expand occasionally, but it's not nearly as much as it was. There's something to that. You know, the other thing, too, I, I think back, I've had I've had hitters tell me, looking at the type of games Bo has had lately where he's drawn bases on, base on balls, I've had hitters tell me that, that when, when they feel good, like when they know they're there, you will take a walk because the next at bat, I'm still feeling good. The mm-hmm. next at bat, I'll get what I need. Or, and take another walk. Okay, that's fine. The next at bat, I'll get what I need. Like the, it takes a confident hitter to take three balls in a game, the way Bo did. There, sometimes you can look at it and go, "Oh, the guy's being too cautious. The guy's being too tentative." But you saw how Bo took those pitches. He took them like hitter. Like he wanted to swing he, at him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But they're not. I can't do anything with it. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take. My walks, and and I think that's that is a great point about what we've seen from Bo lately. He he can still un, un, uncoil one of those sure. swings. Occasionally he'll get frisky, take the big daddy hack, but most of the time, if not all the time, now yeah. it's under control. He's using his backside. I used to say that, you know, you, when you're talking about uh, hitting over 300, not being balanced, you're not it doesn't allow you to do that because what it does, it, it disrupts where your barrel is in the strike zone, and when that happens. 
You don't have length. I talk about length all the time because that gives you a chance to almost newspaper it. And newspaper it means even if you hit it on the on the label of the barrel or, or you hit it on the end of the bat, it's sort of, I, I have so much length to it because I'm so good with my lower half that I can sort of fight it off and it gives me a chance to to get a hit. And, you know, if you're going to hit 300, you got to have three bloopers, four bloopers a week to do that. And this just gives you a chance. And I hope Blatty sort of can figure, figure it out and refine what he's swinging at and, and maybe lay off something down and away and be okay with if a guy makes three good pitches against me because that's not who I am and that's not who I want to be, I'm going to tip my hat and turn around and walk away. Do you think he's good enough to do that? I hope he is. Well, we'll see. Jose Barrios gets the start for the Blue Jays tonight against Alvin Rodriguez of the Tigers. And, of course, as we've already mentioned, as you already know, Gabriel Moreno will join the team this weekend. Caleb Joseph is a former Blue Jays catcher, Sportsnet analyst. We'll talk to him about his expectations for Gabriel Moreno and look ahead to tonight's start. What do you need to see from Jose Barrios? It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jays have a fairly significant series coming up in June against the New York Yankees. Friday, June 17th. First of three games against the Yankees. And uh, we will have a pair of tickets to give away later on in the show with our daily trivia question so if you want if you want to see jays and yankees hang in there who doesn't want to see that what do you mean if well run everybody to their tv set go to the rogers center it isn't the it is a home yeah it is home because you're giving away tickets if we were giving away tickets to a to a a trip to new york i'd be winning it i'd be winning it oh you would oh i'd be winning uh i'd be winning it no it's a home game all right i figured it's a home game we're not yet at the point where we can be giving away oh, wow. trips to New York. Get off your wallet, big fella. Give, give Make the, that happen. Given the state of the airlines right now, I mean, I don't know if there'd Boy. be if anybody would be able to get there in time. Anyhow, huh. it's pretty. It's something. I've got friends who were have done the full travel experience in the last two weeks, and it did not go well. Easy trips are not easy anymore. It did not go well. It did not go well. Let's just put it. Where that. were they going? They were going overseas. They were going to Europe. Well, that's a little harder, right? It's you gotta, yeah, bounce through a bunch of hoops. Did the whole but... thing showed up five hours before their flight. Did the whole thing, and anyhow, uh, you feel better, huh? You feel better? No, not get that really. off your chest. No, not really. I don't even know why I said that. Caleb Joseph is a former Jays catcher, former Major League catcher, mm-hmm. Blue Jays analyst with Sportsnet. Caleb Joseph joins us on Blair and Barker. Mr. Joseph, sir, first question. Are you surprised that uh, Gabrielle Moreno will join the team in Detroit this weekend? Uh, I would say a little bit, just considering the fact that that position is so heavy on defense and it just takes a minute to get going. There's so many things that go on. When you're a major league catcher, you've got to know the scouting reports, the the bunt signs, the steal sign, all of the different things. And um, yeah, they're right in the middle of a championship season. I, I never liked seeing a young kid come up early uh, in the season, especially during championship season. But he is, you know, maybe the second rated 
catcher in, in the system in terms of minor league system, the entire minor league system behind Rutschman, right? So mm-hmm. the excitement of what he brings is very, very uh, entertaining. And I am kind of waiting with beta breath to see him because I haven't really watched him play. I've heard and read nothing but amazing things about him. Um, a little bit shocking, yes, because of just what it takes to work with pitchers and how you can have spring training start after spring training start and bullpen session all you want, but it just is totally different in the real major league game setting than it is during those other settings. And it it takes a minute. So I am a little bit shocked, but not really considering his prospect status and that he's just been absolutely on a torrid start down there in Buffalo. Okay. Expand on, on what you're talking about when it comes to, to getting used to catching certain pitchers and does it matter when you come to the big leagues, if you're not used to catching a certain breaking ball or a or a split finger or somebody's fastball that has some spin rate that's elevated, is is there one of those that's harder? Is it like how's that adjustment when it just comes to the setup and and how you're getting used to catching certain ways certain pitches are breaking? Oh, it's big. It's big, and there's no type of reps you can do in spring training, even with the same players. That's one of the things I learned really quickly was. A lot of major leaguers, they're getting their established major league pitchers, they're getting their reps in. So they're not going to show you their best sequences, and a lot of times you're not going to really get their their best break on their slider or their hoppiest fastball. Um, you're not going to get that till it's season time, and they're burning their best bullets during the season. So, And, and all the intricate details of, like you said, Parker, where, you want, where they want you to set up, and especially on certain guys, that they want you set up a little bit more in because in the past I've had trouble getting this pitch to that guy. These are details and these are constant conversations that happen every day. And especially when you're young, it's overwhelming. Like it just, mm-hmm. it just is. There's so much information and we're not even talking about the scouting reports. I mean, goodness, if, if I had the amount of information that these kids have now in my first year, I might have just, I might have, have, have had a hernia. I mean, I mean, huh. I, I would have, I, I, I would have, yeah, I just would have – there's so much that it might have clouded me. But I will say Pete Walker does an amazing job of being able to sift through that. And so I don't think that'll be as much of an issue, but mm-hmm. it's it's a lot. And so just be patient, Jays fans. Be patient with this kid. It's going to take a minute to get his feet going. I'll tell you a really fast story. In, in Tampa Bay, my very first game, I had rushed in there, showed up late, and they're going over the five different sets of signs because uh, my manager, Buck Showalter, was just paranoid that people had the signs. So we had five, six different sets of signs for this and that and this and that. And wouldn't you know, first game versus the Rays, I have to put on both a bunt play and a double steal sign. And I totally mixed them up, gave the wrong sign for both ones. And Buck is sitting there waving his finger like, no, that's not right. Gave me the other sign. It took me three tries as a 27-year-old, to get it right. That's how fast the game starts to speed up. So it's just it's so much that is going on. Just be patient. He's going to be a good one, but don't expect too much early on. I okay, let's let, I want to I dig into that a little bit more because this is, this is intriguing me a little bit when it comes to what you gar- you're going to look for that would tell you that he is a good catcher. I'll give you an example. Whenever I watch a, a good hitter 
hit. I look at how they take pitches. I look at where the ball is, good velocity, where their mechanics are, where their front foot's at. Could they swing at it if they wanted to? Would they? Would it go to where they would want it to go, meaning could they get the head out a little bit? If they wanted to pull that pitch mechanically, are they sound enough to do that? How, you know, plate awareness, right. all the things that go into being a good hitter. When you're sitting down watching him, is there a certain thing that you're going to look for? Would it be his base? Would it look? Would it be that one knee thing that's big in 2022? Would it be framing? Would it be, you know, you don't see that pitcher shaking off a lot. Is there a certain thing that you're going to be looking for that will tell you, man, this kid's pretty good at what he's doing? Yep, that's it. I mean, you literally nailed all of the major points. I mean, first off, it's it's just fluidity of the of the whole play. It's fluidity of the sign. It's fluidity of the setup. Um, when they're receiving the ball, is it is it kind of jabby, which would indicate a little bit of of tense movements and just you're trying to you're trying to measure comfortability, right? And what I mainly look for is how the game is called, right? Because yes, I want to see that, that frame, you know, being able to frame good low pitches or whatever. But at the end of the day, for me, it's about calling the game. Like I, I, I think that's the most important part at that position. I love the fact that people can hit, but to me, the last championship teams that I've seen that have won it at the, at the very end, they've all had really solid defensive catchers. So that's just me. I'm looking at how he's going to call the game and how fluid that is. And if he's, if he's using his gut, if he's using his instincts, if he's reading swings, if he's able to see it and make the adjustment. Because I know what happens is, is early on when you're catching in the big leagues, you're, you're so tense and you don't want to call the wrong pitch that so sometimes you lose that gut instinct. And, okay, Gosman just threw a 97 on our fastball and the guy just hit it right over the first base dugout. He's late. Like, that's just apparent. And you would make that read 99 out of 100 in AAA, but – stuff starts to kind of go so fast that maybe you get caught on that wristband and, well, it's two strikes, so let's throw the split. Just being able to see if they're reading the game and they've been able to slow it down in terms of their movements and how they call the game, that's what I'll be looking for. Um, I hope that makes any sense. That's a great answer. Yeah, it is, yeah. Is there, looking at this series, you've got Barrio starting tonight, coming off a real good Coming off a start in Minnesota that I think maybe, and I'm not going to say it answers some questions, but it certainly was a comforting start. You've got Kevin Gossman who's trying to figure out something right now because his best pitch is, is not, his best pitch has basically been taken away from him by the opposing team's hitters. And then you've got uh, Ross Stripling who's, you know, slow heartbeat, Mr. Cruise control. Of these three games, who would you, who would you Caleb, prefer to see Moreno you know, pair it up with, at least for this yeah, first series? Honestly, honestly, it's Gosman because it's such a really? simple approach. Um, yeah, the split's easy. It's it's His split in general, I mean, his split is it's nasty and it's moving, but it, it, is, it is a pretty easy pitch to anticipate and block. And because he rarely does get on the side of it in terms of the right side of the ball, it doesn't cut. So the split... Split that cuts is the one that you have to really worry about as a catcher because you are so, especially from a right-hander, you are so ready and predetermined to move to your left to block that ball. If they cut it, you're in, you're in oh, man, you're dead to right. So he's so good with that split. It's a, it's a simple approach. The only thing is with Gosman struggling, it, it's going to take a little bit of a different game plan, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I love y'all's show. I, I listen to it like every day. 
and you guys are nailing it. And it's going to sound like repeat here, but Barker's right. I mean, you're going to have to throw some fastballs down those zones. Like yep. I've talked to a couple of people in Minnesota. I talked to a couple of people in Seattle. They're talking about their game plan against him and that they just tried desperately to eliminate anything down. So it's one of the problems with analytics that I see as a catcher is too many pitchers because the analytics give a value of one point in time, which is, let's say it's a strikeout pitch, right? Well, let's say he gets a guy 0-2 and he buries him with a split. Well, the analytics is going to say that that split is the pitch to throw every time, just throw it every time because he whiffed on strike three. Well, sometimes how you got to that count is just as important as what you finished them off with. Mm-hmm. And so getting there with maybe a fastball down and away and then brushing them back inside with a heater and then going back to a split, that the sequencing of that was the most important thing. So Gosman's got to change his sequencing up. He's got to readjust. The league has obviously adjusted him. He'll do it. He's a veteran. He's been around. But I would like to see Moreno with Gosman personally just because it's an easy repertoire and let Gosman go make the adjustments in terms of calling the pitches and throwing his game plan. Let the kid just catch it because it's a, it's a good fastball to catch. It's fun to catch. It's good to snap and and frame, and then the split's not too difficult. Awesome. Okay, this this may be a little bit more advanced and, and you know, down the road kind of thing because you mentioned process, but I do want to talk about the, the catcher-umpire relationship. Not a ton of people talk about that when they're talking about new catchers coming up and having to have that relationship. It's not always the be-all, end-all, but it's something. And a guy that's been there and done it before, that's, you know, came to the big leagues and tried to have that process of, you know, the framing, not making an umpire look silly, all the things that go into that relationship is that a thing is that something that you need to sort of work into or can you get that right out the gate no a hundred percent i i think this is one of the most underrated parts of baseball those are still humans back there and maybe in 2023 or whatever there's going to be a robot back there but as of right now there's a human and so there's a human element i always try to just massage that umpire as best as i could every one of them i feel like i had a great relationship because i tried to say something about their strike three call or their strike call that made them think they were the best and you just win them over. And before you know it, you're getting calls that you're getting the benefit of the doubt. And some people say, oh, that's not really, cal-. you know, you can't really calculate that. Okay. But trust me, I've been back there and I know when Tommy Hallian is back there and I'm saying, Tom, let's see that tornado. Tom spin, man. I want to see you throw your back out today. And I'm telling you first bat of the game, he is, he's ready to go. He is ready to just, windmill somebody just I mean it's like you bait them up like you kind of throw a little meat to the sharks and that's what I tried to do and yeah it's super important and I think that still plays I really do because goodness I was in it until last year and I was bullpen catching for basically the Seattle Mariners last year and so every fifth inning I'd run to the bullpen I'd stay in the in the clubhouse for the first five, I would run to the bullpen. And as I'm going there, I have all three base umpires coming over to me. And I got so obsessed with it. I started memorizing and doing all their strike three calls. So every catch, every umpire in the big league, I can imitate them. Every one of them. I mean, I mean, tornado Tom Hallian, I gave him that nickname. That was me. So I, I, you know, Larry Vanover, hound dog. I gave him, you know, you You gotta quit barking. You gotta quit, you gotta quit barking in my ear, man. And I was like, dude, it has all up in me. And he started dying laughing. He's an older man. I said, you're like a hound dog. Next day, the entire crew, hound dog, hound dog. They were calling him hound dog. So yeah. I think that stuff matters. I think it's a big deal. 
And if I was, you know, uh, uh, Schneider in there, I'd be, I'd be really encouraging Moreno to get in there and like really try to get to know these guys and, uh, and, and try and, and bait them up a little bit. Yeah. Caleb, I was going to ask you, because I think a lot of people think that the only time they see a catcher and an umpire interact is when the catcher has an issue with, with mm-hmm. the pitch, you will tell an umpire, Hey, great call. Hundred percent. And what does what, what does the hitter say when you say that? Shut up, Joseph. <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah, no. I would never do it with them. I would never do it with them in the box. Okay, you know I mean? all right. There, now I feel better. Yeah. Walked out. Okay. No, nah, but I mean, I, I just tried to be honest. I'm like, look, man, I'm I, I'm not gonna frame balls. Just so you know that I'm not framing balls. So it's if it's, if it's a ball, I'm throwing it back. And so you start to gain this credibility. So you do give it a little, a little massage, trying to get it just a little bit to the corner and you hold it for a second. It's not this like snatching balls and every, you know, nine feet outside. I'm going to try and trick you. I, I would tell these guys, I'm not trying to trick you. I want balls, balls and strikes, strikes. That's it. Because if you look at the way that they actually grade out for the catching framing stuff, it's not how you steal strikes. It's balls in the that you don't get called strikes is where you get hammered. Mm-hmm. You get hammered. That's the separator. That's what I'm always looking for in the game of baseball, at whether it's pitching, hitting. What is the separator? What separates guys? And so it's, it's the balls in the zone that, that are not called strikes. That As a catcher for your framing, you get destroyed. So I would tell them, I'm not trying to trick you on balls outside of the zone. I just want every strike called a strike. Caleb, I, they respond. Caleb, I had Sal Fasano. You know who he is, a big time, long time catcher. He was a really oh, good. Yeah, he, yeah he's a, oh, absolutely. And he would always used to talk during my at bat to the umpire. And I'd always be, <laughs> I, would, I would always be like digging in and going, hey, take him to dinner. You got to be quiet. <laughs> Those kind of things. And now that I listen to you talk, he was doing that on purpose to get me to thinking about that instead of that sea ball, hit ball kind of thing. And there's a little something oh, to yeah. that, I think, that playing mind games with the hitter a little bit. I tell you that it's that that's the fun, the the game within the game that I kind of miss. I don't see it as much now as I did when I was a youngster. I mean, all those just uh, those stories about about goodness. I mean, I remember a couple at bats having literally a back and forth with uh, I don't know, maybe it was Donaldson, like back in fourteen. You know, there's a pitch outside and and, and Bill Welke is just. Hurr! I mean, the ball's halfway there. You know, I'm like, yes. I mean, it's not even that my, you know, I'm, I'm nine inches outside and, and Donaldson's like, that ball's off. And I, and I mean, I, I spoke up, but I was like, no, it's not. It's right there, Josh. I mean, it's like two versus one, buddy. That ball's a strike, you know, and all these, just all these conversations, like the funniest conversations I've had have been with umpires in between pitches, you know, before the game shoot during the national anthem. I know it's probably disrespectful and I, I respect, you know, the national anthem, but some of those conversations that they would be whispering during the national anthem were just classic, probably not suitable for radio, but man, it seems like that part of the game is a little bit gone and that's what I miss. But yeah, you're right. That stuff was on purpose. I mean, it's all these head games, little mental chess games. And that was what was so fun about baseball and the people who really get it. That's, that's the inside game that is, uh, that is sorely missed. I think in in today's game. I want to ask both you guys this question before we let you run, Caleb. Uh, Jose Barrios getting the start tonight. What did you see against Minnesota, his last start, that he needs to carry over to this start? And Caleb, we'll start with you. Yeah. I think uh, I talked to Pete Walker, and he was he was really wanting to see that life back on the fastball in the 92, <laughs> 93, 94, 95 range and just the crispness of stuff, right? He had that dead arm period, right, which everybody goes through at some point in the season. and maybe the short and spring training kind of ramped that up a little bit. I, I, I had most guys really doing it around late June, early July. They go through this period where it just doesn't come out hot. 
the spin on the on the breaking pitch just it just didn't look right, and a lot of that might have to do with just that dead arm and just being able to really get out there and out in front and rip that ball. But everything that he did uh, in the previous start looked vintage, very, very good Jose Brios. And I, I really like the fact that Walker has been able to kind of shorten these movements up just a little bit to give him more control. That, for me, was when I faced him, I always thought he might have been a four-ball-before-three-strike candidate just because the movement was so big. But the pitchability was amazing, and uh, he was all over. I mean, he, he's a tough at-bat. I have stood in the box against him, and he's thrown with full balls. I mean, it is you got to pick a side and hope for the best. If you try and cover it all, you're done. I mean, and his big his, his action, everything was right. And so if, if he comes out and you see that fastball with good life on it again, uh, and, and, and the really tight, short break, well, not short, but just that really tight breaking ball, it's hard to explain. You can just kind of see it. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be the key for me. Yeah, it's great Brio. stuff. That's great stuff. I, also, I, that I had noticed with the with two strikes against lefties. I don't know if you'd notice, Caleb, but he re- he really had a, an issue of putting them away. Like he could get to two strikes real quick. It'd be like one two o oh, two, but it's then he'd start nibbling. He didn't really have anything to go to. I think that front hip two sinker is a huge pitch for him. That sort of that freeze pitch, something that he can. Don't have to be too fine with. He can, you know, grip it and rip it kind of thing, which allows him to be, uh, you know, a little bit easier misses with his with his curveball, I think. Yep, you're right. Tunneling those two pitches off of each other, there's not enough talk about tunneling because it can't really be quantified. So I think a lot of people tend to, like, dismiss it. Barker, you know those guys that threw it on the same plane and it comes in mm-hmm. and it just one goes left, one goes right. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all seen the Pitch and Ninja videos, right? That mm-hmm. stuff is real. Like, that stuff is so real. And so when you can get one pitch on one lane, inner lane to a lefty, that's coming back towards the plate versus one going to their back foot, that is the most impossible at bat as a hitter. And I remember Masahiro Tanaka doing it against the Orioles for years. And, I mean, some really, really good hitters that I played with that were coming back going, I can't, I, I have no idea what's coming. And that's how I felt every single at bat because I sucked at hitting. <laughs> but for these really good hitters, to come back and say, I have no chance. It actually made me feel better. I mean, it made me feel better. Like, okay, now, now, now you know what it feels like to be a deep thin hitter, buddy. Now you know. Imagine being that every day, buddy. That's what it is. <laughs> Listen, uh, Caleb, really good of you to join us, man. Thanks Great so much. Stuff. Good Thank stuff. You. Yeah, thanks so much. Anytime. Love your show, man. Love your show. Thanks, Thank man. You. We'll see you. Take care. Caleb Joseph. That's funny. The 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 umpire stuff is hilarious because I, I yeah, you know, you Back in the day, there used to be a lot of every, everybody knew everything about every, every, Sal Fasano. I used to get so chapped. I, I would have full like mean conversations with Sal Fasano in the batter's box. Like pitcher would be standing out there waiting, and me and Sal Fasano would both. Sal Fasano would act like he's messing around with the dirt and cleaning up the dirt, but he'd be yelling, screaming at me, and I'd be yelling. We were we're best buddies, but it's just the fact that he'd have a full on conversation yeah. about whatever he was having it with the umpire, and I'm trying to concentrate on not Fishing. chasing a, a breaking ball, and he's having a conversation. But now I know. No, and it was on purpose. He was trying to get me out of my game, which it worked all the time. He he used to be so good at like setting me up and and throwing pitches to to just you know get me sort of out of my game, what I was trying to do. And there's a lot to that. That's that's that's, I that's, see. that's great stuff. That relationship. There's something to that sure conversation is. of okay, now I'm not going to show you up, but I need that pitch. Yeah. Like he's going to be throwing it here all day. I need you to call that. There's some to you know presentation and how you have the conversation. That's great stuff. Well, there's, and you see it a lot of times too with umpires and hitters, right? A hitter will ask, will ask the umpires at the outside, is that as this after a pitch, is that as far as you're going to call today? And they're not insulting the umpire. They just want to know if that's 
if that's the farthest the strike zone is going to go you, that day. It's how you deliver it. There's yeah. a, because there's a lot of times you don't like umpires. You would just say that is the that's the dumbest strike zone I've ever seen. And he'll be like, you know, ear will go up. Yeah, what'd you say? And then he starts to take his mask off, and and then the conversation gets a little hotter. But it is it's that relationship. Sometimes you will see guys that that can take a pitch right down the middle, ball. It's just that that relationship between, and then there's other guys that will be have these strikes on call because of the size of their number. Now I have had umpires yeah. call the, that a lot of the times, and it's just that sort of, you know, I don't know if it's because you've been around the league long enough, or I just think it's how you have the conversation is more of it. Yeah, I mean, I know one of the things that uh, Joe West was always big on was when a young player, when when you come up to the plate, you say. You say hello to the umpire and you tap the catcher like you just do when mm-hmm. you come up every time. And he would, he would take his mask off and get in a young guy's face if he didn't do that. You know, uh, he and, probably and got was, my face in because there's no chance I'm saying that. No chance. No chance. Like I, there, that's 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 a little bit too much. Yeah, sometimes you got to remember you're an umpire. Like I, <laughs> I, I get it, but you know, there, there's a again. Yeah, maybe if I was in the big leagues longer and I was an everyday player for, say, 10 years in a yeah. row, maybe the, the the conversation and the relationships are a lot different. But when you're, you know, sort of up and down and up and down, the, the relationships are, are not as good as they would be. Yeah, that was uh, it was also interesting that Caleb would have him catch Gossman because of the pitch, which makes a certain amount. There's not a lot of thinking going on with Kevin Gossman. There's you, not, unless, there's just a couple of pitches. unless they take the good one. Yeah. Now what? Well, you made the point. If that first good splitter is taken a couple of times in the first inning, now Kevin Gossman's got that. The wheels are spinning. Are they? Am I doing something? Are they on to something? Different game plan. Can yes, a kid indeed. make up for that? A.J. Hinch is the manager of the Detroit Tigers. He was a former catcher himself. He's not going to give away any state secrets, but I'm going to ask A.J. Hinch about what it's like to be a young catcher making your major league debut. debut. We'll also talk about what it's like to manage a team that has a bunch of young guys and a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer on it as well. Lots to talk about A.J. Hinch's next. Blair and Barker on 590, 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.